A message from former Presidents Bush and Clinton. Hurricane Katrina revealed both the generosity of the American people and the resiliency of American business. If you're a small business owner, it's essential to you and your community to get up and running quickly after any disaster. We urge you to visit ready.gov for free tools to help create an affordable emergency preparedness plan. Because the faster you're back in business, the better for all of us. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the Ad Council, and this station. That's the windmill blues. He's the windmill baby. Windmill baby with the windmill blues. (laughs) This is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we're going to talk about some happenings, even though I'm going to miss every one of them. Ah, yes. Yeah. So. But you care that much about the community that you're going to share them anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go to the Illinois Renewable Energy Fair. Ah. It's a state fair for renewable energy. And actually, like they've added sustainable living because apparently living with renewable energy isn't sustainable enough oh yes the more sustainable the better exactly so happenings did you know that there's the taste of jackson county tonight from 6 to 9 p.m i uh, i really 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 wanted to go to this because well there's a lot of food yeah (laughs) you have to eat enough food for (laughs) yeah it's like um, the event actually is a fundraiser for the Abundant Health Resource Center. Um, this event is today from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. The event features food from Bethel AME Church. Um, they always do some real good southern cooking. Um, Thai Taste, DiMaggio's, Common Grounds, Moe's Southwest Grill, Pepsi, Venegoni Distributing, Alto Vineyards, and others will have food and drink available. Now there is, it does cost money because it is a fundraiser for the Abundant Health Resource Center. Um, but do you know what the Abundant Health Resource Center does? Oh uh, yes, they do. Well, I'll, I'll actually read their little snippet here. I so know, you don't really know. I know what they do. I was actually, I included this because I, they basically they provide uh, medical uh, care and management and such. Yeah, I went there once because um, I had a job that needed a, a health, you know, a bill of health. I needed to show that I was healthy. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I told them, you know I'm healthy. I've been 
doing a lot of work. And they were like, no, well, we have to have it on file that you're helping. Yeah, they need the evidence. You know. And <laughs> so I went there and, you know, someone looked at me and said, you're healthy and we're signed the paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and as, as someone who, I, ha I personally have no health insurance. So to me, it's a big deal to realize that we have this resource in our community where people who are low income, who aren't, you know, qualify for other kinds of help they might get, there's a place they can go where volunteer doctors and other people will check them out, you know, help them with problems to the extent that they can. It's a very important resource that probably not everyone fully knows about or fully appreciates. So you get to support that and you get to have all this good food. Yeah. It's a win-win. Uh, patients, they, they see them twice a week. So. Yeah, they see them twice a week and they have you fill in an intake form to get your information to see if you qualify and such. It's a really good, I actually know uh, someone who volunteers to help there, and it's a really good program. For more information about the fundraiser or the clinic, call 529-9459, <laughs> or just go eat some food for me this evening. So. Yes, and let us know how it goes. So in other happenings, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Tonight, uh, that's tonight at uh, 7 p.m., the Atomic Cafe, in commemoration of the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they will be screening this film, revealing the efforts of the government and corporate media to sell the nuclear arms race and the Cold War to the American people. Now, this movie, I can't remember it too well. I saw part of it a long time ago. But it's, it's really interesting because they, like, they take stuff from the, the Cold War era and such, and they put it together in a movie to show what it was like when they were trying to convince us, oh, it's a good idea to have this Cold War. Why did they call it the Cold War? Um, well, because it was... Because you had to turn your heart real cold to be able to <laughs> think of nuclear? Yeah. Well, like, basically because it was all about, like, indirect conflicts. Like, you didn't directly have the U.S. and the Soviet Union attacking each other on each other's soil. So, like, that, it wasn't... You know, so then they said, oh, since we're not personally dying, it's not a war. But then they went to all these other countries and, like, manipulated people and trained Well, like people. Afghanistan was yeah, a like war between us and the yeah. Soviet Union. There were a lot of countries like that. In South America, in, in, like, Asia, like, they did all sorts of other little wars instead of having one big war. <laughs> hmm. A cold war. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Versus a hot war. Ha <laughs> So... Um, I've talked about this a few times. Habitat for Humanity will be working this Saturday, August 9th. We'll be working on the back deck, stairs, and branch cleanup. And that is just over on Oak Street. And um, they work from 8 until noon, usually. Um, so, let's build... A, it's a chance to finish building a house. It's like... so. The big news, of course, this weekend is the Rock Out for Rosie concert. This Saturday at Hangar 9 in Carbondale, you can get more information at reachouttorosie.org. They will be opening at 3 o'clock with a silent auction. Um, I read that about 60 different businesses have donated stuff for the silent auction. Yeah. There will be food and drink available. And um, from 3 to 8 o'clock, there will be um, you know, a buffet and silent auction. And seven bands have agreed to play for free. 
And again, reach out to rosie.org, or you can call um, Kendra at 549-2799. That's this Saturday from 3 o'clock until people are danced out. Uh, yes. And in other happenings, the Peace Coalition's 25th anniversary celebration and their Hiroshima Nagasaki Remembrance. 25 years of working for peace. Yes. That's going on this Saturday. And uh, they're having... Uh, it's going on at the Church of the Good Shepherd, which is at 515 Orchard Drive in Carbondale. At 4 o'clock, they're having uh, people... They're having... Oh, where is it? Up at the top. <laughs> Abby Sudvarg is traveling from St. Louis to join the celebration and will be among the former and current members to share memories and reflections. You can get there at 4 o'clock if you know Abby and uh, visit with her and help set up the event. But the potluck's starting at 5.30. Then at 6.15, they're having uh, students that attending the No War, No Warming event will give a report. Then they're having the 25 Years of Memories from the Peace Coalition. And at 7, the observance for Hiroshima and Nagasaki so for more information on all of that, you can contact Margie Parker at 549-7193 or Georgian Hartzog at 521-4239. Now I want you, this is not till next weekend, but I want you to mark your calendar to join the friends of the R. Buckminster Fuller for uh, Vine Maxian. This is Sunday, March, uh, March... Where'd, the, where'd that come from? Sunday, August 17th at the Orlandini Vineyard, noon to 6 p.m. Now, basically this event is a fundraising campaign to support the restoration of the R. Buckminster Fuller's Dome in Carbondale. Proceeds from the event go to Bucky's Bare Bones Budget Campaign. Ooh, Bucky's Bare Bones Budget Campaign. Um... So again, mark your calendar for Sunday, August 17th at Orlandini Vineyard, Ivis John Band, and Ed Van Auken will be playing from noon until 6 p.m. And there will be all kinds of goodie bags. And hopefully they'll raise a bunch of money because that has become a historic mark there. So, any other happenings? Oh, yes, we just got a call about happening. <clears throat> They're having a rally for the organization Invisible Children. Uh, I've heard about this. It's for uh, children of the war in Uganda. It's an informational rally and a fundraiser, and it's happening this Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. at, let's see, Sunday at 6 p.m. Oh, the... Hmm, don't have the location on that, actually. It didn't get written down. Uh, hold on one second. We'll check on that. But in a few minutes, we'll get you the location on that. But I've heard about this Invisible Children group. They want to bring awareness to uh, the children of the war of Uganda, and it's a very important cause. So uh, definitely worth supporting.
Bush uh, and Clinton. Hurricane Katrina revealed both the generosity of the American people and the resiliency of American business. If you're a small business owner, it's essential to you and your community to get up and running quickly after any disaster. We urge you to visit ready.gov for free tools to help create an affordable emergency preparedness plan. Because the faster you're back in business, the better for all of us. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the Ad Council, and this station. Sorry, I played the wrong one. I played the same one again, but... It's okay. still interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, and we and we've got the location on that uh, the uh, Invisible Children rally. It's at the here in Illinois Teen Town, uh, which I I hadn't heard about this place. It's uh, here in Teen Town, located at 101 North 13th Street. So pretty interesting, and a yeah, very very fitting place to hold a rally about this event, since <laughs> it is an event about children. Yep. All right, what kind of news do we want to talk about? Oh, let's see. There's so much news, <laughs> it's, it's hard to know where to begin. Yeah. It's like, should we talk about global warming again? Should we talk about renewable energy again? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's like, um, it seems to be a very big issue right now in the news that, um, for me particularly, the news is that Congress did not pass any incentives. They have this tax credit for renewable energy and energy efficiency. Basically, if you do something in either of those categories, they will give you a $2,000 tax credit. Yeah. Up to. That's the max. Um, and you can get multiple ones based on the different technologies. Like you can get one for energy efficiency, one for uh, solar electric, and I think one for solar hot water. It's set to expire at the, in December. They tried four times to pass it through Congress. They did not pass it. And I truly believe that all these people who are our politicians, who talk about how they're representing us and how they want to alleviate our cost and um, make it so that, you know... P there's people who all their ex disposable income now is going for paying their bills, yeah. gas or electric bills. And here was a chance to actually continue our path towards a clean, green jobs economy. Yeah, we were on the right track for a minute there. And so I basically think our politicians, they're ours, we elected them, don't really care about us because they definitely did not represent us in this case. Yeah. I mean, they're just going business as usual because they're going to let it expire. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. Well, see, there's a couple of things you can do when politicians do that. <laughs> One is, like, in some cases you can call them back and say, okay, you don't get to be our representative anymore. Another thing you could do is have, like, a like an overnight lock-in slumber party type event. <laughs> just close them all in the Congress and say, okay, you know, we need renewable energy somehow. You get to sit here and talk it out for a while and you get to figure out how to do it exactly. <laughs> but you're not leaving until you've got it done. Yeah, so... I mean, basically, I don't think we should elect somebody more than once because they get uh -huh. cocky. Yeah. And they quit listening to us. They're like, oh, okay, I've got this job. It's nice. It's cushy. It's, yeah, it's, it's all like, settled. I don't need to convince anyone. I truly believe uh -huh. that someone shouldn't be elected more than once. <laughs> it's like... It's just like... Because <laughs> yeah. they just... They, don't, they quit listening. 
I mean, um, so that has really, I don't know about made me angry, but made me resigned to the fact that um, I just have to do it on my own. Yeah, it's up to us now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so. We are the ones we are looking for. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the National Center for Atmospheric Research is eliminating a program that helped developing country anticipate and deal with droughts, floods, and other realities of a changing climate. The now defunct Center for Capacity Building, which had an annual budget of about a half a million dollars, was reputable in the international climate community for its unique approach to the human side of climate change. Quote, Knowledge related to the societal dimensions of global environmental problems is fundamental to efforts to arrive at practical and effective solutions, says former NCAR scientist Dr. Roger Pilek. Quote, if anything, we need to expand attention in these areas. Steadily shrinking federal science budgets have caused the elimination of some 10% of their positions supported by the National Science Foundation in the last five years. Straight to the source of the New York Times. All right, let's see. In other news, Green Group's doing a face plant. Uh, two coal plants given go-ahead by Green Group's after concessions negotiated. Uh, environmental groups dropped their opposition to two different coal-fired power plant expansion projects in Wisconsin and Texas this week after the utilities agreed to a range of concessions designed to limit the environmental impacts of the plants. In Texas, power company NRG, uh, Energy, <laughs> NRG reached an agreement with Texas Clean Air Cities Coalition and the Environmental Defense Fund that requires the company to offset or sequester half of its carbon emissions until federal climate legislation is passed. Makes you wonder what's happening to the other half, eh? Uh, they, they will be required to cap the levels of mercury, nitrogen oxides, and sulfur dioxides, reduce the plant's use of water by over half, as well as other measures. In Wisconsin, the Sierra Club and Clean Wisconsin dropped their legal challenges to a coal-fired power plant's expansion in exchange for utility We Energies agreeing to retire two older coal plants in Michigan by 2012 and agreeing to support legislation increasing Wisconsin's renewable energy standard to 25% by 2025. Quote, We've been fighting for more than seven years. It's time to put this behind us and focus on other ones that are in the pipeline, said Bruce Niles of this Sierra Club. Straight to the source, Reuters and the Environmental Defense Fund. Ped antics. Ped antics. Ped antics? Yes, pedantics. <laughs> pedantics. Colleges and high schools move to become more bike and pedestrian friendly. It could be the high cost of gas. It could be people become, are becoming more environmentally friendly. But schools across the country plan to make their campuses more bike and pedestrian friendly. Pressure from parents and students might be a big factor. But another thing really seems to be the awareness about sustainability. A number of con colleges are launching bike-sharing programs. Some U.S. high schools are aiming to reduce car traffic around their campuses, and plenty of colleges and high schools are looking to expand sidewalks and bike and pedestrian trails 
to improve car-free access to campus. Part of it could be the parking problem. Some high schools are actually looking into bikes for transportation on field trips. Ripon College in Wisconsin actually launched a free bicycle program this fall for freshman students who agreed not to drive or park on campus. And some 60%, 60% of the incoming students took this offer up. Huh. Quote, Today's teenagers deserve a lot of credit, said Mark, uh, Mike Martin of the National Association of Pupil Transportation. That's a name. Hmm. <laughs> They're socially aware, they're environmentally conscious, and when the price of gasoline takes effect, they're smart. Straight to the source, USA Today. Now, I actually talked to um, someone who came from, um, well, she came from Israel, actually, and came here for a year, and in her going, one of her, um, she wrote a thing about what was the strangest thing about America. Huh. And the thing that really got me was the fact that she said, it's impossible to walk or bike somewhere. Not impossible. But, di but difficult. It's designed against it. Right. right. She said there's, there's sections where there's no sidewalks. Yeah. I've always thought that was weird. And <laughs> um, if you go out jogging on a main road, you're looked at as weird. Huh. I mean, she was just like, it's not... It's definitely not designed to be bike and pedestrian friendly. Yeah. And people who see either of those, I mean, that's why I think things like, you know, critical mass, where they show that, yes, bicycles are supposed to be on the road. Yeah. And I've been noticing a lot more bicycles on the road. Yeah, I have. I think the critical masses have helped. Well, I think the price uh -huh. of gas has helped, too. Well, yeah, you know. that too. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are becoming more environmentally conscious. I mean... Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people who are environmentalists who are starting to ride their bicycles around town. The whole town's two miles across. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can walk almost anywhere in town in a half hour. Yeah. I mean, yes, I drive a lot too. So, but yeah, if you're all the way at one end of town and all the way walking to the other, it does take like an hour. But that's like the two extremes. If you're somewhere in the middle of town, it's going to take you at most a half hour to get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so then biking, it's quicker. It's so quick on a bike. Yeah. Actually, in many cases, it's quicker on a bike yeah. than a car. Yeah. Part of it is you don't have to find parking. <laughs> so. So let's see. In other news, other people trying to be environmentally conscious. Dell and Good. Dell Incorporated claims carbon neutrality. Now, usually I shy away from these brand name stories where it's like the company pushing their brand name. But I want to be very curious to watch them as they make this claim and to follow up and see how they do with it. So uh, Dell Computer's worldwide business operations are now carbon neutral, the company announced Wednesday. True carbon neutrality is, of course, a chimera for a giant IT company. Uh, note, notes business analysis Clive Longbottom. Quote, you have to question whether they have taken all their workers' commuting into consideration and the materials in making a computer going all the way back to the zinc mining. Well, perhaps not, if you count all that in. <laughs> but uh, Dell now sources one-fifth of its power from renewable sources, again making me wonder about the other four-fifths, <laughs> uh, buys renewable energy credits for the rest, uh, and is paying for forest preservation in Madagascar in order to offset 475,000 tons of emissions.
Dell, which aims to be, quote, the greenest technology company on the planet, has also installed energy-efficient lighting, heating, and computing systems, uh, which provide the handy side benefit of $3 million in savings each year. Oh, the side benefit. <laughs> See, yeah. the side benefit, like, you know. They didn't even notice it was going to save money. They just did it out of the kindness of their heights. <laughs> uh, straight to the source, believe it or not, Dell. <laughs> <laughs> and Associated Press, who probably got it from Dell. <laughs> and the Wall Street Journal, who probably got it from Dell. <laughs> yeah, um, well, the thing is, is why don't they make... Well, first of all, I don't know if you're aware of this, but every computer has a setting called the the energy efficiency setting. Yeah. And you have to reset the computer. I was like, why don't they ship them with that setting already? Yeah. Just, like, the lowest energy, and then someone has to change the setting. The thing is, is, you know, at the lowest energy setting, it doesn't work at its maximum capacity. Yeah. But it uses a lot less energy, and the majority of us don't do that much stuff on the computer. Yeah, most people really don't need the entire computing power of the computer. Right. It's just for luxury and for a few things you do occasionally. And there's actually a computer company that... I mean, the main thing that takes energy on a computer is the hard drive. Yeah. And so there's a company who has in, who has a computer that has no hard drive. What it does is it stores it all online. Mm -hmm. So, of course, if you don't have Internet access, there's an issue there. Yeah. But basically, and then you have to pay a monthly fee. It's like 14 bucks or something like that. And you store all your stuff online. But the nice thing is, is you can basically have whatever programs you want they're shared in the community and so that you know everybody doesn't have to buy whatever you know the basic programs yeah they also too have uh they're working on things like flash drives which don't use as much energy mm -hmm. to have they already exist as like memory sticks you know those are usually flash drives mm -hmm. but they're going to have whole computers where that's the uh hard drive yeah and, I mean, in an office, there's no reason for every computer to have a hard drive. Yeah. You can just have a server, and then each one of the computers don't have a hard drive. Yeah. And so one of those computers work really good for that application. Um, you don't have to store it online. You can just store it on your computer. Yeah. And so it makes no sense for every computer to have their own hard drive. Yeah, as someone who uses computers as much as I do, I'm always trying to look for those ways to make them more ecological. Yeah. And to mention them here on the show. Yeah, so... Mm. Yes, you can be carbon-free, you can use less energy, and you can live in a zero-energy home, but all of those things are only as effective as you using less energy. Yes. <laughs> it's like... Even if you have the most energy-efficient appliances in the world, if you still run them all day and, like, do crazy things with them... Crazy things, huh? <laughs> it's all up to you to... Uh, to create the change both in the personal level in the home and to keep politicians locked in their little meeting room until they get the right policies. <laughs> so you talked about carbon offsets. <clears throat> um, basically, with a carbon offset, it's not very regulated now. So when a company says that they offset their carbon, there's not like heavy regulation to know if that's really true. Basically, you pay a company to... Usually what they do is they... Um, install renewable energy or plant trees and um, buy a carbon credit and take it off the market. But there's no serious regulation. 
here's an article. Walmart urges the Federal Trade Commission not to define carbon offsets. In comments to the Federal Trade Commission earlier this year, Walmart asked the agency not to define the terms carbon offsets or renewable energy certificates in order to keep the terms flexible and to retain their less tangible nature. The Federal Trade Commission has been in the process of updating its green marketing guidelines and asked Walmart ask Walmart and others to weigh in. Consumer advocates like the Consumers Union have been advocating for clear specific definitions in to avoid misleading green claims. Claims are already being made on products that are confusing, misleading, and potentially deceptive. The group said in its comments to the FTC, among many other green goals that Walmart's announced over the last few years, the FTC's definition of carbon offsets could affect the retailer's ultra-ambitious goal to someday run on 100% renewable energy, a huge amount, of course, which would be likely to come from offsets or renewable energy certificates. <laughs> so, yep, it's one of those things that you you don't actually actively install the renewable energy or reduce your load. You buy a certificate that someone else says that they've done that. Yeah, it's like buying indulgences. It's like, I, I've sinned with my carbon, now I get to wipe the slate clean. <laughs> and so just to let you know, that was straight to the source of Walmart Watch and the Federal Trade Commission. Uh-huh. You know, the FTC didn't call me up and ask me my thoughts on this whole issue, yeah, but, but they did call up Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So... That has been another exciting, informative, uh-huh. and... Action-packed. Action-packed. I was trying to think of a third one. <laughs> um, interesting, maybe. Half hour of your community spirit. If you would like a happening to happen, send it to the happening guys. My email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And mine's treesong at treesong.org.